Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to The Daniel Baldwin Show. This is Anthony Munoz, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN. Hi, this is Bruce Smith, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show. Hi, this is Cornelius Bennett, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show here on ESPN. Jim Kelly, you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is Chris Berman, a.k.a. The Swami. I am predicting that you are listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Dean Kane. You're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, and so am I. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome to the big show. Um, we're waiting for Josh to come back in the studio. Uh, we were on, uh, this show was on from 3 to 4 in the afternoon here in Syracuse and downloaded worldwide, of course. Um, and it turns out that... Uh, because of doing the morning show, we asked the great one, Ed Levine, if we could move this show from 10 to 11 to accommodate Josh and my schedule. Uh, and we did so, which put us um, on against the Dan Lebetard show. Yesterday, is this yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday, the Lebetard show um, um, was talking, trash talking. I mean, it, it would be considered trash talking, no? No. That's think, not trash talking? No, I think that's just their show. Who's the fat one is not trash talking? I think... No. Because oh I think they were very God. complimentary to the Baldwin family. They were? Okay, let's play the segment from the Dan Levitard show so you can know why we're trying to get in contact with them. How dare they? So How dare is they? Stephen Baldwin the most handsome of the Baldwins? Put it on the poll at Levitard show. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. I don't think you know which the one, one from, uh The one from Backdraft, I believe, is the... Uh, Billy? Yeah, Billy. Oh, Billy Baldwin. Am yeah. I confusing Stephen Baldwin and Billy Baldwin? Well, Stephen f- was in Biodome. Who's the fat one? Danny Baldwin? Stephen. Well, now all of them. Yeah. Alec, yeah, he's doing match game now. He has put on a few. Oh, no, he slimmed down, actually, recently. Really? Yeah, a couple of years ago, Alec was. Yeah. He's not big anymore, right? He- well, I, you know, I love I love that you're you're listening to a, a, a funny... I. I actually like the Libertard show. Yeah, it's great. Not not anymore, but I like I like the Libertard show. Uh, I like the fact that they go off and they, and they would talk about something like this, and it's yeah. not just sports down your throat. ESPN, um, we get a, we get a lot of that. So we're, you know that's covered uh, with with the network that is known worldwide for sports. So they kind of go off the cuff and they do some some interesting stuff, which is what I I, I like about our show. Um, but to you know to turn around and have no knowledge of television to know that. You know, you know how much money Alec is making in the new match game? He makes more money in an episode than both of them make in a year. In one episode. Yeah, did so, he did he So not... while you talk trash about him having four you know, he's got four kids, a young wife, his nuts really big, and someone says to him, I'll pay you, you know, seven figures to walk in for a half an hour and do an episode of match game, you go, Yeah, who what idiot wouldn't do that? But you know, you can go ahead and take a shot at that. Didn't he say on the, he said on this show the other day that he the money he makes from Match Game goes directly to a charity. Of yeah, he, he donates the money. That's insane. You know, so, and, and we're talking about millions of dollars, millions of dollars that go to help underprivileged children in the city. He's got an acting and reading program that he does up in the Bronx. You know, so he, 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 he takes the time to go do that, but it's kind of funny to listen to somebody who has no clue of what money we're talking about and would make some kind of a comment like, that. yeah, he got heavy. He's doing, <laughs> he's doing Match Game now. Okay. Yeah, Alec was Alec was bloated Bush there for a while on ego and Hollywood. 
and he got into a lot of fights with paparazzi. I'd love to talk to Alec Baldwin. I think that he is one of the great talents in acting of our time, even though he thinks of himself as a failure as an actor because he's never been able to carry movies. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? <laughs> well, I think I know Alec uh, uh, has said things like he he could have made different decisions in his movie career. Uh, it it really does depend on what's important to you. Look at the decision. Have you seen De Niro do Match Game? No, but but De Niro doesn't donate millions and millions of dollars to children's programs in the inner city. So uh, I think it's uh, to make a comment of his bloated ego. Or do you know Alec? I mean, you know, you know what I mean. Like it's just. It's amazing to think of, like, this whole Justin Bieber thing that's blown up because he's going to marry my niece, Stephen's daughter, Haley. Um, you know, to hear people making their judgments and making their statements like they're friends with Haley or Justin Bieber. They're just, you know, they're people in the public who, who are chiming in and, and want to, you know, join in on social media. And, and the bash party. You know, here's, here's, here's a show that doesn't, admittedly doesn't know any one of us personally. And it's going to make comments about their over their our feelings about our own careers. This person's going to say how we feel about our careers. I find that fascinating that they think that they have. Uh, we're so careful on here to make sure we don't say we know something or we say we preempt it with, well, I have a source. I can't say who it is, but they've told me. And they're in the Laker organization or they're in the whatever. And I protect them because they want to be protected for giving me that opinion. They know I'm going to talk about it on the air. But to say that you know how a celebrity feels about his career, you better have spoken or read that somewhere that you think you have the right to say that. I find that fascinating. Hey, doesn't that isn't that part of being a celebrity though that this stuff happens and you just got to let it roll off your back? Well, okay, okay. So, so uh, here's what I heard in that last piece that that you're right. You you have to be able to. And, and listen, I'm not mad. I could care about Dan Lebatard, um, but or his show. But at the same time, what what. What infuriates me is my level of professionalism in knowing where that line is drawn. So you can say, and he's never been, in my opinion, he's never been able to carry a film. And at the same time, then you look at films where he obviously was the lead and he, he carried the film and you think, well, that, well, you know, that film made $300 million. I didn't do bad, you know, so go back and look at Hunt for Red October with him and Sean and go back and look at some of the big, big films that he's done. And I think... Wow, what are you talking about? Are you even going to report accurately? Well, I, I think they're pretty complimentary of your brother going forward. Well, they go back and forth. They're yin, 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 yin. Come on, they're saying that he's... Billy was the one that always like uh, looked like he was waking up. Like, what? So, so Billy's, the, Billy's the beautiful yeah. Baldwin? Billy, yeah. What? Yeah. Billy was in a movie with... Uh, with Fair Game. Cindy Crawford? Fair game. Was that here in Miami? I know exactly what you're talking so about. Okay, that is the guy I'm talking about. That yeah. is the that is the handsome one. That is the handsome Baldwin, is yeah, it not? Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. the one who could barely open his eyes. That's right. Looks sedated <laughs> all the time. Does Billy Baldwin always look sedated? Put it on the poll, Guillermo. <laughs> Does Billy, Billy always look sedated? <laughs> Billy always looks sedated. I've, I've never heard anyone say that. I've never, it's just 30 years of acting, and I've never heard anyone mention that Billy always looks sedated. I went to the poll after they do polls on Twitter, and it yeah. was 85% of um, the people listening to the show agreed with it. That, that Billy, Billy always looks sedated. sedated. Wow, maybe I'm just so, so out of the loop that I don't realize how sedated Billy is. I've never seen Fair Game with Cindy Crawford. Anybody here yeah, seen it? I, I, yeah, we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Actually, what happened, though, was <laughs> Billy and Cindy had a relationship. They were very good friends, and they were pestering Cindy to do a movie. And she was such a huge model at the time. She's still gigantic, yeah. but, but at the time, she was at the top of her game. And she said, 
if I'm going to do a movie, the only way I would do a movie is if you had Billy Baldwin because he's my best friend and blah, blah, blah. And so that's how that film was born with for Billy. Alec Baldwin really doesn't think he can get... He's carried movies, no, hasn't he, he? Alec Baldwin is fascinating talking about his career because he deems it a failure. He mm. deems he deems his career because he made what did he made he made he was uh, he was in Malice he stole Glengarry Glen Ross oh right? he was fantastic yeah but, but he stole that Glengarry Glen Ross was a great movie and, and Alec how do you Bal steal a movie with that cast right with that cast and it's a great movie and he stole it in ten minutes uh, but yeah I'd like to I find Alec Baldwin interesting what about Billy <laughs> now I just want to talk, I talk about to any, well you know what we can talk to any of the Baldwins I'd be fine with it is the is the fat one still with us. Is it fat one? That's Steven you. Steven or, or Danny or Alec? Well, you said all of William. them. You said all of them. Puffy-ish. Isn't that? The, the ball ones are like a boy band. You guys were kind of in your hate. Like, you traveled in a pack. Think of think of your, when you guys were all in your prime, you guys were a good-looking group of men that, you know, well, there was owned a, the world. Mm-hmm. There was um, um, a thing uh, it was going on. We were going to go and be in attendance uh, to a Princess Diana thing. Billy and I were going to go over to it. This is like in the late 80s, early 90s. And, um, and there was some comment about the Baldwin family being American royalty. And I, and I, I looked at that. I remember reading it in a tabloid in, in England going, American royalty were Irish Catholic slugs from, you know, my dad was a school teacher. We're, not, we're far from anything like that. But to outside of, of the acting world, um, to have four boys. I mean, let, let's call a spade a spade. Here's the unique thing about, about my family. The unique thing about my family is that one in 2,500 actors is able to make a living just acting without having to subsidize their income with some other occupation. You got to wait on tables. You got to do you know whatever it is you have to do. You don't make enough money to live just on acting. That's pretty disparaging odds. When you throw in the fact that four siblings from the same family are able to break that rule, that's an astronomical figure. But that still isn't the rarity of it. The rarity of it is that my last name isn't Sheen, Carradine, Barrymore, where there's a legacy of actors in our family, my father, my uncle. There was no one in my family that ever did this before. So to have four boys have a relatively successful careers and be able to make a living in the entertainment world and not have a relative or have a legacy behind them that helped catapult them into, when you're Charlie Sheen, your dad's Martin Sheen. Drew Barrymore's grandfather was John Barrymore, for God's sake. So the Cusack's parents both were acting teachers, and they're and, and God bless the Cusacks are a hugely talented family. But you can understand why they got in it. When you're the son of a school teacher with six kids who couldn't afford Thomas's English muffins, by the way, which I'll tell you that story later. Um, that, then then that's where it's really strange that four boys from the same family got involved and and, and had some success. That's that's the the weird thing about it. Um, do you see moving forward? Do you think the Baldwin's will be a legacy? Do you see any of the younger Baldwin's moving into this field? Well, I mean, I'm not. My daughter Avis. Uh, I thought Kaylee, my oldest daughter, would get involved. She's beautiful voice, uh, and she's really, really funny and talented. And she decided to go on the production side, so she produces uh, in television now. Um, so no, she's she's not doing it. I don't see 
maybe Brooke, Billy's daughter, his youngest daughter, who is absolutely the most stunningly beautiful kid. Um, she could get involved. Um, my daughter, Avis, for sure, is sold. She's going. She's she's going to do it. She's already taking voice lessons now. She wants to do the whole bit. We'll see where that goes. I, I would never wish this on a, especially a female. It's so much harder on girls than it is boys. Um, there are 10 to 1 roles written in films and television for men versus women. There's more women on the planet. You can just go. And, and what's required of women to get involved? You know, you can have an eyeball hanging out of your head and be a guy, and then you're the eyeball hanging out of the head guy in movies. You know, but girls, you know, the 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 bar for them is 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 so high, and and uh, it's it's a it's a demanding profession. You know, you have to have very very thick skin. You have to be willing to put your 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 soul on the line sometimes and go in those rooms and tap into things emotionally that are horrific. You know. Um, I've had to do scenes in movies where I remember I had to watch my mother's casket go by in a film that I did and I had to go and close my eyes. I told the director I would put my hand up when I was ready and I remembered what it was like to walk in the viewing room to see my father the first time I saw him after he was dead and I remember going to that place and I remember being really in locked in that place and I put my hand up and then I opened my eyes they rolled the camera and I just started crying but I was in that place. So you know, some of the things that if you want to be good at it, that you need to do can be really emotionally draining. Only to have you go in a room and do those types of scenes in front of five guys in suits and have them go, okay, thank you, next! You know, and, and, and they didn't get it at all and you're not good enough and you're not... That's a hard thing to do to, you know, you get probably one out of every 25 roles that you want. So 24 times you're told you're not good enough or, or you're not right or whatever. And, uh, and it hurts. It's a it, it's a it's a very difficult thing to do for a living. I also did not like your veiled shot at Mar the late Marty Feldman with the eyes hanging out of the head guy. Wow, <laughs> Marty Marty's eyes bulged out of his head. They did not hang out. They were bulging eyes. The late great Marty Feldman. Yeah. The late great <laughs> Marty Feldman. I called the Levitar show. I tweeted at them. I got nothing. So I'll email them after the ring. show and we'll yeah, we set it up for before... We need to have a How dare they? But it's hot we... now, Grandpa. Yeah. By tomorrow, it'll be yeah. ice cold. You know what? One of the most highly decorated. The Baldwins are never cold, Josh. Oh, how dare sorry. you? Yeah, how you, dare you, you are Josh. a spokesperson. I apologize. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> All right. It's... Let's come back then. We can talk what you just alluded to. Polly being the rich kid in the room. And uh, also, listen to the Daniel Baldwin show all summer long. This is your last chance. This month, be caller 10 right now, 315-437-7644, and you're registered for the UPS Happy Hour. Uh, the party is at Shaughnessy's at the Marriott Syracuse downtown, and uh, you can hang out with us. Not Josh. Josh is too big time, but you can hang out with us. Uh, with Daniel and I at Shaughnessy's, thanks to UPS. Great read. Providing you with the latest sports news, commentary, and analysis. Plus compromising photos of people we don't like. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. The Mets and Phillies continue their four-game set tonight at City Field. Coverage starts with first pitch at 7 o'clock on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. He's, he's, talk, he's trying to get Levitard. Hello! <laughs> he's trying to get Levitard. Are we back? Yeah. That, I thought you were playing so excited. No, we're going to wait till uh, next You want to wait till we have more? We were going to talk about Thomas's English muffins. <laughs> Which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. 
So it's a big debate right now. Well, let, let's go. Let's go to what I walked into. We'll pre- so I walk in to K Rock Josh's <clears throat> morning show because I'm trying to get Paulie out of there. I know how much Josh hates when people just pop into the <laughs> studio, and I know he won't say it nicely to Paulie. Get out. You're rude. So I went in there to try to wrangle, try to like you know be the door guy that works Appreciate for Josh's that. show because I'm just that kind of guy. I'm here for my friend Josh. Appreciate that. Um, and then. And so I walk into a conversation where Josh immediately screams and goes, did you have Thomas's English muffins when you were a kid? And I looked at him and I went, Thomas, no, I didn't have Thomas's English That was the rich kids, well, my direct quote. The rich kids had Thomas's English muffins. broke muffin. the debate. I knew, you, I knew you'd be on my side. Wonder, what happened Wonder was, Bread was, you know, when the Wonder Bread, my mother went for the Wonder Bread that was got the the sticker on it that said you know you, you moved it and it wasn't soft anymore. Mm-hmm. So well, I get four of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. would knock out a loaf of bread a day. Yeah, she had to make sandwiches for six kids to go to school. There was an economic. So that's twelve pieces right like, there. They did a survey of uh, economic uh, thoughts throughout different eras, and in 1992, you were thought to be wealthy if you had Thomas's English muffins, which I agreed with. I said yes in 1992. I did not have Thomas's English muffins, and you can go back. That is rich kid food. And I knew that Daniel, who was admitted that growing up poor, came in here, and if I asked him, he would admit, of course we didn't have Thomas's English muffins. But who's the rich kid in the room sitting right there? You know, I, and, I'm, and, and, and uh, this is not a memory. I'm, I'm going to, you know, when you kind of remember something. Um, I can't say the friend, but I would venture to bet I didn't know what a Thomas's English muffin was until I was double digits. Like I had gone mm-hmm. to other friends' houses and stayed over, and because there were quite a few very well, or at least some, what I thought was very wealthy. Um, and isn't that an interesting thing? Your perception of things when you were a kid. M- my friends who had a decent, two decent cars for their mother sure, and father, sure. and bu- they were wealthy to me. You know, I mean, like the neighbors by us were were wealthy comparatively to mm-hmm. me. Um, and now I look at like I I remember going to my um, my uncle John. My uncle John has a house in Casanova, um, and we come up every four years. We had a family reunion, and we so look forward to because the Greasons had six kids in their family too, and it was my mother's sister's children, Aunt Joan uh, or um, Aunt Louise rather, who's passed away since. But Uncle John's still here; he just turned ninety. Anyway, I remember going to their house thinking it was a mansion. It was yeah. a mansion. And I hadn't been to the house since I was like probably 12 or 13, somewhere in, there in my, my early teens. So now I move up here and I go, you know what? I want to go see Uncle John. So I get the address for my sister. I pull up to the house and it, it's, a, it's a nice house, but it's just a house. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. But to me, it, it, you know, they had a patio in the bottom with a ping pong table and a pool table and they had all this stuff and they put the tent up and everything. And I thought, oh man, these guys. They're loaded. Yeah. They're loaded, I remember going people. to a friend's house, and just because they had an upstairs, I was like, whoa. They had a separate garage that had like three doors to it. Yeah. You're like, whoa. And then this kid over here. Oh, we had a pool table and a ping pong table and a garage <laughs> with two doors on it. And uh... Well, let's face it. Josh and I have reversed the process, and so have you. We grew up poor, and now we're very wealthy. And you grew up really <laughs> no, wealthy, I, and I, now you're poor. I, 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 I did grow up that way, but I didn't. My like my dad never gives me cash or anything. Like I've never gotten money from my dad. Well, you're not a trust fund babe. Yeah, so like it was. We grew up. And he's and burning it, through your inheritance right now. Yeah, oh god, as quick yeah, as he can. In, like I, I called, well, there was an inheritance from your mom. Uh, yeah, not a lot, but I mean, it's it, got to be split thirteen ways yeah, for God's sake. Of us, so it's like, <laughs> right. So yeah, 
There was a, there was enough to uh, pay off a credit card and buy a dog. It was yeah. it was a good. Nice. Yeah, it was. It was good. nice. Then you inherit all the bills for the dog. Yeah. Every time the thing sneezes, it's two hundred. Mm-hmm. But I had never realized. Like I don't. I think we were upper middle class. Is how I would put where we grew up. You know, I wouldn't say it was. Well, you also have to look at the burden of of the fact that you had that many children in your family. You know, I mean, the, listen, I, I look at uh, you know my sister Beth, who repeated exactly what my mother did and had six kids with a a hardworking labor force uh, husband. You know, and 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 it, it was it was really expensive. I mean, you don't you don't want to look look at your children and say, "Gosh, if I'd only had three, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But really, when you think about it. You know, how would you have lived if you only had four kids and not, what, nine or eight? How many was it? Eight. Eight. Yeah. You know, if you had four, you'd cut your bills in half, you know, and when you start looking at things too, like, uh, like I look at the, at, at current costs in my life and I say to myself, my God, if I keep spending money on, you know, legal stuff and different, where am I going to come up with the money? The projection of what it would cost. What if your kid, isn't it sad that in today's economy, you have to say to yourself, what if my kid gets into Cornell? What if my kid gets into what, what if my kid gets into Dartmouth? Yeah, better get a scholarship. At, at ninety thousand, it'll be a year by the time you know my kids are now ten and eight. So if they both got into Ivy League schools, oh, that break you economically. You got to look your kid in the eye and say, "I'm sorry, I can't send you." Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have to go to SUNY Bing, and which is a good education. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but the idea of the dream of my child's going to go to an Ivy League school, well, you better make a lot of money if that's going to happen. You really better. We have like we've tried to have, we do have college funds for my kids. They'll cover books by the time they go. It's like <laughs> right. that's going to be nothing. Right. It's exactly. Be nothing. Exactly. If you put, you know, in today's economy, if you were able over over the child's eighteen years when they're ready to go, if you started from day one, and you were able to put away three grand a year, mm-hmm. three grand a year, that covers. That's not even going to cover a year. No. What do you do the next three? I mean, it's 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 crazy how how it, how the the economy has you know has burst when it comes to the the uh, uh, the college scene and and what and then what do you do do you give them a car do you give them, you know Robin put and and her ex put money away for the kids to go to school uh, you know but one of them went to a private school which is very expensive their Robin's daughter but their son went to FSU which when you're a, a a resident of Florida it's a state school so you know it was nowhere near what it cost for him the daughter's killing him yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. going to she's going to a little school in North Carolina that's like bucks oh. Yeah, only Bucks. two of my brothers went to the decent schools. The rest of us were just idiots. Where'd you go? Nowhere. You went to uh, SU for a semester, right? Yeah. A semester at SU, you learned everything you needed yeah. to know? Yeah, I learned how to drink Robitussin straight out of the box. <laughs> <laughs> Doing Robies. You know how it goes. Wouldn't it be amazing if the Levitar showed you the special in the Sibelius? Oh, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> it'd be mind-boggling, yeah, where's that it? hate? Yeah. <laughs> where's that hate getting shade? Listen, and you're, and you're listening. Isn't it interesting what you hear? And you're listening to that. You thought that the Levitar show was, was talking, talking the Baldwin family up? Sleepy Billy, Alec has no career. Fat Daniel, who knows Steven? He did uh, but Biodome. Isn't that, isn't that part, like I said, isn't that part of being famous? Like, I just think getting your balls busted is part of life when okay, you okay. on comedy thing. shows. The okay. thing about that. Yeah, that's a comedy show. Yeah, but the thing that they... The, yeah, we're not roasting my family on the Levitard show, for God's the sake. The four of them have become kind of like this like cultural punching bag. You're like, ha-ha, let's go after the Baldwin brothers. You know what I'm saying? Well, you, you get, you get, uh, uh, listen, I, I've told this story before, 
and I'll never forget my agent. You know, and this would happen from time to time in in pop culture. When you become part of a pop culture phrase or whatever, you know, uh, um, uh, clueless made reference to my family, uh, and then then of course the famous uh, uh, what's the little cartoon one where they killed us? Yeah, uh, South Park. South Park. You know, so so you know, and I get. Will you go now? Now the legacy will be carried on because we're somehow going to be associated with Justin Bieber now. You know that's that's going to be watch. I got to get a hold of the Levitard show. Apparently, they're talking about the Baldwins again. They're Are talking- they really today? And today, I guess it was if if this show was a Baldwin, it w- we would be Daniel Baldwin. <laughs> Well, why aren't they? I don't know. Why, why aren't they getting a hold of us? So so highly decorated. You mean I tweet? I tweeted them. I tweeted them. Let's see if we got a response. You want to go to break and go to yeah. break and see if we can get in go touch to break with somebody. See if we can get in touch with them. Find us on the web at ESPNSyracuse.com. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. I'm so excited. It's time for... Uh, um, I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control and I just can't... Um. So what? It's unlistenable radio. <laughs> you understand the me? Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now. All right. Let's do it. According to the Philadelphia 76ers, LeBron James, quote, strongly considered them before going to the Lakers. (laughs) (laughs) So what now? You know what I mean? (laughs) What does that mean? Speaking uh, about their meeting with James' agent, Rich Paul, the, uh, the start of the free agency, Sixers manager, Josh Harris, and coach and interim general manager reflected the Sixers' chance as very good. They considered us very strongly, they said. I think he, I wouldn't be speculating on his decisions. I don't want to do that. But I think they were really serious about Philadelphia. The fact that they took the meeting with us was something that we didn't view lightly. So I think they were very serious about it. He was meeting with everybody. Of course he met with you. You're, you're, you're it thirsty. It was a pleasantry. It was a pleasantry. He was being polite. Is that they're selling on the, uh, on the uh, maybe trying to get another free agent that, hey, you know, LeBron considered us yeah you know? exactly like you right. thought about it yeah. yeah you know who shops here lebron yeah <laughs> but don't you have it don't you have something else about the lakers or is that off the record stuff you know no it's not off the record stuff but there's a there was a mention and and when i saw it i thought you know because remember too unlike any other team the Lakers is our Hollywood show. Mm-hmm. They really are more than the Clippers, more than the other team. So Matt Barnes would love to see Kobe Bryant unretire and join LeBron James on the Lakers. And I thought, well, I was wondering when that was going to come out. So I checked with my source, who's a, a, a pretty... Well, he is an influential person, but he has access to some of the most influential people in Lakerdom. Uh, and he said, believe it or not... There are some discussions of he's in incredible shape. He's 39. Would he consider? And it, it just was. I think it's kind of. Gosh, wouldn't that be something if? Because crazy. Because remember too, if he if he was to emulate Jordan, step away from the game for a couple of years. Another thing that Michael did that Kobe's done a lot of things. Michael did. Um, you, you know, let Kobe here. There's no way in all the all, when the story gets out that there's no way he would do it. And there's no way he could do it, which would do nothing more than propel him into wanting to do it. So could he play at 39 years old? Listen, he scored 50 his last game. You know what I mean? I mean, so, and they did feed him and set him up and so on. But again, if we're willing to look at Carmelo, 
going to the Rockets in a in a reduced role as the number three or four guy, you know, and score fourteen a game and contribute and so on. Um, then you you don't think that Kobe Bryant could come and score fourteen points a game for the Lakers? Oh, I'm, I'm sure he'll hit seven shots in a game. It would, it would put fannies in the seats, as the kids. Oh would my say. God! It would sell out every arena. The ba- the basketball world would go crazy. Yeah, if that team was coming through your town, it'd be a sellout every time. It would go crazy. They'd crazy. be on TV. Don, they, they'd be a primetime TV darling. Yes. But at yes. that point, do you even want to play the Lakers? Or you're like, ah, oh, we're just going to lose to this team. Well, no, I don't think they'd be even. Oh, bad. I don't think it's Kobe shoes them into beating yeah, any of the I think major teams. Yeah, I think he gives them maybe plus one. But it's just, it would be amazing to watch. It would be amazing. Not a to so watch. what. Not a so what. No. Not a so what. The PGA Tour unveils 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 their schedule for 2018 2019, and I was wondering what uh, Daniel thought about this because they've moved a bunch of championships around, and people are a little concerned. The Players Championship will move from May to mid March, and the PGA Championship will go from August to May. And have they they given a reason? To do this? I don't know. It just says it's been our stated objective for several years to create a better sequencing of our tournaments that golf fans around the world can engage in from start to finish. Well, this, you know, what they're, that's all such nonsense because what they're going to, what they're not telling you is there's some financial reason why they're doing this. That You don't shake up tradition, in, especially in golf. Yeah. You, know, you just don't shake up tradition in golf like that. So something something else is uh is going on. Is it a big tradition just to have like that? Well, the PGA Championship is usually the last mm-hmm. of the events, so it's usually the final one. Now I think the British Open is going to be the latest one. So that, that it's weird. I I don't know why they did it. Los yeah. Angeles Dodger infielder Max Muncie will be added to the Home Run Derby. Who? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's the headline. No, is is there something about um, Judge and a couple other guys are not going to attend it? Wasn't there? Wasn't that a, the bigger story? Uh, I don't know. I don't get the home run derby because it. Uh, they all complain about it. Why they, do they complain about? Because it? it screws up their swing for a couple weeks. It does. Why? They. I don't know. I'm not an athlete, but I guess they. Bitch that they have sitting there hitting those little lobs that they uh, it throws off their swing. Oh, so <laughs> so they're complaining about the home run derby. Yeah, I don't get why we do. St- it's fun to watch, I guess. I love them, but right? it is like a, it is like all right, yeah. come on, we get it. Like if you were a baseball player, would you want to do that? Like back when Ken Griffey Jr. would do it, you're like, yeah, home so, run derby. So, so if you went and took batting practice for a celebrity softball game during the season. And had to, it's going to throw your timing off. You think really? Uh, I don't know. It's just a few. It's just a, some players a have day. complained about it, and just I know. A day. And it makes you look. It's a no-win situation for a lot of players too. Because if you go and you suck at it, you just you get embarrassed. Like yeah. Mike Piazza was the famous home run derby sucker. Like he would go, <laughs> really? Yeah, he would go and suck at it. Because it's so, not wow. the same. It's not yeah, the real it's, deal. Yeah, you're not hitting. Yeah, it's a guy behind a little fence. Yeah, throwing (laughs) softballs. Yeah, exactly right. So, and then finally, seventy-one-year-old musician Jimmy Buffett will be a caddy for the U.S. Senior Women's Open practice round because he has a gig in Chicago, be performing at Wrigley Field, so he's going to head over and be a caddy for his niece 
uh, Patricia Earhart. His niece his is niece in the is senior. Is she related to Amelia? No, I don't. But she could be. So his niece is in the U.S. Senior Women's Open, and he is going to be her caddy. Cheeseburger in Paradise. Hot take right here. Go ahead. Mm. I enjoy Jimmy Buffett. You do? Yeah. I don't hate him. Pencil thin mustache, cheeseburger in paradise, margaritaville. Love it. You ever go to a Jimmy Buffett show? No, I'm you not love that. Rainy night. I'm, I'm not that stupid. But uh, Baldwin, you been to a uh, Jimmy Buffett show? You know what? I you got any Buffett say, stories? I can't say I got Buffett. Oh, son I got, of a sailor. I got Warren Buffett stories. Oh well, no, those are different. Mm. Yeah, it's Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett, They're, caddy to the stars. They're both loaded. Jimmy Buffett's super loaded. How much is net worth? I don't know. Hold Jimmy on. Buffett or Warren Buffett? Warren Buffett's a billionaire, but yeah, Warren. Warren Buffett's not anybody's caddy. <laughs> yeah, right? no. Warren Buffett should be caddying for me. Jimmy Buffett's net worth is a respectable five hundred and fifty million dollars. Wow! Wow! Off That's a respectable. Song. That's respectable. Off one song. Is it one song? He's got a ton of songs. Yeah, no. Jimmy Buffett's got more than one song. He sells a lot of tickets. He does. He's got good nachos. He's got good nachos. Go over to Margaritaville, have some nachos. Doesn't he he's have like got a, whole a ton chain of, of restaurants. Got a, yeah, Margarita. We got a Destiny, and that's all Buffett. It's all Buffett money, man. He's sitting on it. Wow. He's sitting. He's on it. How old is he now? Seventy. Oh goodness! To make around carrying a uh, carrying clubs. That's Seventy-one big, years old. It's a big tour bag. That's. A... <laughs> he's got so many songs. Yeah. He's got Margaritaville. He's got like, like Cheeseburger in Paradise. Uh, changes in latitude. These are all songs that are on your phone, aren't they? Yeah. No, you know who loves Jimmy Buffett? Great one. The great one. Oh, the, my God. Does great one love? Dude, I ain't blowing up his box. He'll admit to it. He's got his Tommy Bahama shirts on. He loves... He's Blue Horseshoe. Dude, he is a parrot head to the end. Blue Horseshoe loves Blue Star. <laughs> Do you remember that? No, I don't. The movie Wall Street. No. I don't get like people that get that into bands, though. Says so the guy who has two tattoos on his arm of yeah, a band. But I don't, I, I, I'm never going to be. You have a, two tattoos on your arm of a band? Yeah. What do you have? Boingo, Boingo logos. <laughs> you do not. Yes, he does. One, two. <laughs> <laughs> never seen him speechless, ladies and gentlemen. Boingo, 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 boingo. tattoos. Yes. Growing up in San Diego, they were big. There's just so much. They had Thomas's English muffins. Oil There's a blender. lot going on on today's There's show. A lot going Let's take on. Take a break That's and come right. back, Polly. All right. I need to recover from that. CSPN Radio. So is Stephen Baldwin the most handsome of the Baldwin? Put it on the poll at Levitard Show. No, 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 no. I don't think you know which the one from uh, the one from Backdraft. I believe is the uh, Billy. Yeah, Billy. Oh, Billy Baldwin. Am yeah. I confusing Stephen Baldwin and Billy Baldwin? Was Stephen the... was in Biodome. Who's the fat one? Danny Baldwin. Stephen. Well, now all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alec, yeah, he's doing match game now. He has put on a few. Oh, no, he slimmed down actually recently. Really? Yeah, a couple of years ago. The Dan Levitard Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Back to Angel. And now, we're back. And so, I, I, I guess, you know, I, I'm pretty in touch with sports. Um,. And and so Leangelo Ball joins the Los Angeles Ballers of Father Lavar's JBA League. So this is getting sad. Lavar Ball started a league. Just a bunch of amateurs. <laughs> but I, I I I'm looking it up trying to get a better understanding of who plays in the JBA. So and it's kind of like a you know how you have um, uh, 
you have minor league baseball and there's many levels of it. Like single A, double A, right? Right, right, right. Well, this is like even below that. This is so are the here's the part that I'm missing, I guess, about this whole thing. Is the ball brother that's playing on the Lakers that good that he has his own shoe, not a shoe at Nike. He hasn't done anything really yet in the NBA. And yet he has his own $500 a pair of shoes. And I realize his father's a big windbag, but are, are, is he that good? That is he going to be like... So here's the rundown of the JBA. It's okay. made up of eight teams, 10 players on each roster. They're each guaranteed $3,000 a month and 60% of their jersey sales. There's okay. a team in Queens, Trenton, New Jersey, Fairfax, Virginia, Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, Houston, Ontario, California, Las Vegas, and Seattle. Well, listen, the great thing about, you know, the NBA has three arms, the NBA, the WNBA, and the NBA Entertainment League, which I played in for many years. Now, let's face it. If you're not an actor that's on a TV show or a rapper that's selling albums or whatever, why are you going to... You're not coming because we're so good in basketball. Although, for actors and, and, and musical guys and so on, we were okay in basketball. We didn't, it wasn't like you were watching spazzes. We could shoot and we could mm-hmm. play. And, but we they would they would a lot of times would make us uh, uh, an addition to um, seeing an NBA game. So, if you came early... You got to see Ice Cube, and you got to see this guy and that guy. Now Ice Cube has, which I I watched, um, this three-on-three league, which gives you a chance to go back and watch some of your some of the legendary yeah, players yeah, yeah. who are either coaching, uh, and then you know Dr. J is coaching a team. So there's Julius Irving on the sideline. How often do you get to see Julius Irving at all anymore? You know, even though he's not playing. And then there's a bunch of guys that are still really good basketball players at 40, like a Kobe kind of player who. Could probably arguably play spot minutes in the NBA still. And then some guys who are a little bit longer in the tooth, but still they're in the paint, they're rebounding, and you get to watch some of your heroes play. I get it. This league, I'm trying to understand, what am I missing about this kid, Ball, that plays for Lakers? He hasn't done anything yet. So it allows players between the ages of 17 and 19 and accepts graduating seniors or students working on their general education development. So it looks like it's kids who aren't good enough for college ball. Is that what it is? Seventeen to nineteen year olds. That's up. That's l- listen. We can open up all the developmental. There's the G League and the NBA. There's a this to that. All this stuff is great. Who is this kid ball? What am I missing about him? Did he play somewhere in college and lead the league in scoring that I missed? Which one, Lonzo? Yeah, he was very good at UCLA. Right, but 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 he was you know he wasn't he was a very good player. He's a very good college player. He hasn't done anything yet that he has. This kind of cachet. I am cracking up in my head right now reading the L, the JBA League bios. And t- oh, you found the teams? Yeah. Oh, my God. What, They're all kids, right? Yeah. So he started up a, a, a thing to to give his kids something to do to keep yeah, them his viable? Da- yeah. His da- Brandon enjoys pasta, Wally the movie, and... <laughs> and is a fan of the Los Angeles. But this is exi- this this was formed for the reason that you're always talking about. They want kids to be able to make money. It's and it, they're looking for NCAA reform. They want the kids to get paid to play at that age. Right. But okay. So, but is the NBA literally going to look at this <coughs> league no, and I take anybody? No. But 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 here here here's big, the bigger question. I'm asking. I'm, I'm maybe I'm I'm just not asking it properly. If you're Michael Jordan, if you're 
Magic. If you're, well, let's go down. If you're Rasheed Wallace, if you're Chauncey Billups, and you've been in NBA Finals games, and you've played, and you scored, and you had some kind of cachet, who is Ball and his father? Yeah, that I don't know. I this don't. is what I don't get. I don't get, where is the, when you walk out and someone says to you, uh, uh, I'm so-and-so, I played for the New York Giants. If you played, you know, did his, what is his father, who, who are these people? They who, just, they're, they're, they have bloated egos, and I don't blame him for trying to build, like, he's a jerk, but I don't blame the guy for making shoes and trying to market his son himself and make them, you know, them make the money themselves. You know? It'd be like Tiger Woods' dad making a golf academy, to be like, hey... I'm the dad of Tiger Woods. I helped him learn all this stuff. No, I know, but at least Tiger Woods. No, no, it's great. Not the same. Yeah, Tiger Woods, Tiger is, Woods great. is one of the greatest players ever. Saying, yeah, <laughs> I misspoke. I misspoke. That, that's that's kind of how he wants it to be. But, yes. but okay. the ball, the ball is nobody. He's done nothing. Well, has he also put this kid into position now that LeBron's there, where he, if he had kept his mouth shut a little bit. That he, they, I guarantee you, they're going to trade this guy. They're mm-hmm. going to, they're going to trade ball, and he's going to, you know, he's going to Dallas. You know, he's going someplace where it's going to be terrible. That's going to do it for today's show. Thanks to Cam's Pizzeria for being our sponsor. Nice. Oh my! You know what? D- does anyone do it better than Tony? No. And Cam's nobody. I will, I will spend uh, the next couple hours trying to get Dan Lebetard in contact with us so we can have a Baldwin Lebetard oh, show yeah. Royal the Dan Rumble. Dan on Dan Bald, the Dan on Dan attack. We might do a two-hour special. Oh, I like it. Will you be Rumble. on both stations? It'd be great. Wow, you're, you're being called out, Lebetard.